Welcome to Teacherpreneurs Raise Your Hand, episode 136, where we're going to talk all about great ideas of increasing your page views, optimizing your titles, SEO, covers, and all that jazz. I have a very special guest today, and that is Lauren Thorpe. She is here. She's friend of the show. She's back on the show all the way from across the world in Australia. Lauren and I sit down together to talk about optimizing and talking about increasing those ever needed page views. Hope you stick around. Welcome to Teacherpreneurs Raise Your Hand, where bold teachers rise up and transform into successful teacherpreneurs who are destined for greatness. What exactly is a teacherpreneur, you might ask? Well, Webster's Dictionary defines the term as... um. Okay, it's not yet a word in the dictionary, but hear you me, it will be one day. In a nutshell, a teacherpreneur is both a teacher and a business person, and we're here to help you be better at both. So without further ado, from One Tired Teacher and Trina Debery Teaching and Learning, here's your host, Trina Debery. So today, I have a special guest, as I mentioned in the intro. I have a special guest with me, Lauren Thorpe, and she is here to talk about increasing page views and what that means and where to start and how we can do it. Lauren has a different perspective than some that I've heard. She she has a, a unique approach that she would like to share, and I think it definitely what she is talking about ties in so nicely with your data playbook. And I feel like what she's saying, we don't want to make any of these decisions too quickly. We don't want to just hear it on the podcast or hear it somewhere, watch somebody say something, and then jump right in and make all these changes. We need to look at our data. We have to look at our data first, because I mention it in the podcast. I talk about one specific product product that I have. It's a would you rather actually. And I have a really high PTP, which is a preview to purchase percentage. And I, it is like the most simple, basic, boring preview. And I'm like, how can this be so high? I wanted to change it. I had revamped the cover because the because the VTP, view to preview, that like the cover was indicating that I needed a, a better cover. And I'm like, all right, I got to change the cover. Well, I also have to change the preview because that's how my brain works, even though Jared in YDP tells me all the time to do one thing at a time. It's so hard for me to do one thing at a time. And so I'm like, I'm going to change a preview. But I said, wait a minute, stop, look at your data, check it. And lo and behold, I didn't need to change my preview. In fact, I needed to make more previews like that. So it's really can be crazy. So don't do anything rash. Don't make all these rash decisions and change everything unless you have really good understanding of your data. One thing that gives you a really good understanding are tools like YDP. I would love for you to join YDP through Debory, which means that I am a proud partner. I do have make an affiliate and like you know, a commission off of that. It doesn't change the price for you. What it does for you is offers you access to me monthly and we meet and I root you on, I support you, I can offer advice. I've been doing YDP for a long time since the very beginning. 
I'm not a data expert, but I definitely have learned a lot along the way. And I really believe in teacherpreneurs. So I would love for you to join through me. And I'm going to share a little bit more about that. But you can find that at Trina Debery, teachingandlearning.com forward slash YDP. Today's episode or this week's episode of the show is being supported by Your Data Playbook. As you know, I am a proud partner of Your Data Playbook. I've been there since the very beginning. I was started off in beta and I'm happily still there years later. I can't even imagine not having access to Your Data Playbook. Now, If you are ready to join and you know all about it and you want to join with me where I offer monthly, you know, together coaching tips, tricks, like we work together, we work through things. I'm not the data expert, but I can definitely support you and hold your hand and help you figure out some of these amazing tools. It's like having a pot of gold that we just need to uncover. And I happily help you. You can find that at Trina Devery, teachingandlearning.com forward slash YDP. And let me ask you, are you ready to unlock the biggest asset of growth for your business? I mean, what? Data can fuel your business growth if you know how to make it work for you. So why don't we use it? Well, the problem is that working with data is not easy. That's a spoiler alert, by the way, even for those of you who like numbers. To make it work for you, there are several hurdles to overcome. Like you feel like it takes too much time. You feel like it's overwhelming. You don't know how to get it. Juggling all the parts of your business. Where do you focus? All of those things. We, you know, we've got so many hurdles. We don't have time to to stop and, and take a look at our data. The, the problem is that if we don't stop and take a look at our data, what happens is it's like driving our car and saying, I don't have time to stop for gas. Sometimes we feel like we don't have time to stop for gas. But if we don't stop for gas, we're not going to be able to keep going. We're not going to be able to keep moving forward. So it's not surprising that it, it can be hard, but that we need to do something about it. So what if I told you that YDP could eliminate all of those hurdles when it comes to knowing how to make your data work for you to drive your business growth? What if you no longer had to spend your already limited time wrangling data like you are at a rodeo? What if I told you YDP could be automatically downloaded, compiled, organized, and displayed into an easy to understand and use visual analytic tools that could be updated and delivered consistently to your inbox without you having to lift a finger? You also you also have a coach to walk you through. That's the best news. And those coaches are incredible. Does this sound like a dream? Too good to be true? It's not. Introducing your data playbook. It's your own personalized VA data service, a streamlined process from download to delivery in your inbox of easy to use and understand visual analytics tools and your own expert data business coach to give you the training and know-how to make your data work for you, all wrapped up in one membership. It's your data playbook. Ah, so excited about it. I hope that you are thinking about joining YDP plus Deborah so that I can also cheer you on, root you on, believe in your dreams, and we can together analyze our data and just explode. To learn more, check out TrinaDebrahTeachingAndLearning.com forward slash YDP. All right, let's get on with the show. 
So I'm so glad to have back on the show, my um, friend of the show, Lauren Thorpe, is here today to talk to us all about increasing our page views. Oh my goodness, we definitely need this help. So welcome, welcome, Lauren. Thank you. Thanks, Trina. And hi to everyone tuning in. It's um, great to be here again. So good to have you. I love talking to you. And you I was telling Lauren before we started that I have like a memory issue, but I would not never forget you because you have like the most beautiful accent. So <laughs> that will always will, will always be in my mind. Uh, so anyway, so I'm excited that you're here and I'll link to the episodes that we've done in the past because they were very helpful. Every time you come, you give such helpful advice. So I'm excited that you are back on today. Thank you very much. All right. So you want to tell us a little bit about yourself in case somebody missed the past episode and they don't know and to tell a little bit about yourself and maybe how how you began your journey. Sure. Uh, yeah, so I'm Lauren and I started in 2016 on TPT. So it's been almost seven years now. Um, and it's funny, I look back and I had so much time to work on my store back then, but just no strategy. I I had a blog as well and I'd write my personal reflections one day and then create whatever I wanted another day and just, yeah, had no strategy um, for using all of that time I had. And then um, in 2020, I had my first baby and actually like took a break from TPT for a a few months and then when I got back into it I realized that I needed some strategy and um, that I didn't have all the time in the world to work on it now so that's what really got me started on doing some research testing strategies um, learning from my husband who is in like market re marketing research and yeah and getting some more um, strategy in place to be more productive with my time so that's where I'm at and I've done a lot of learning, particularly over the last few years to, yeah, make the most of my business. Yeah, no, that's great. It's crazy to think where we came from, isn't it? Like how much, how little we knew in the beginning and then how much it changes through time. Because I, I remember one of the episodes that you were on, we talked about strategy. Didn't we talk about like time management and things like that? We talked about something that was so helpful because I remember like wanting to take pages of notes. And so like that little piece is coming back to me. And, and it's like, it's those kinds of things that can really help like propel us forward. So people, you definitely have to check out that, that episode that I'm thinking of. I, I think it's been two. I feel like it's been twice. I wish that I had written them down in advance because right now, if I started searching, it would <laughs> take forever. But anyway, I think those those were really helpful episodes. Um, so page views, why is it so necessary to, and how did you determine, first, how did you determine that you were having a page view issue? And then why do you think it's important to, to do something about that? Yeah, so um, I really like to focus on optimizing our TPT product listings and, and focusing on what I've already got set up, um, which is my store on TPT, and getting that right before I try other things outside of TPT. And mm -hmm. so um, when you're optimizing your 
product listing, there are two things you're trying to work on. And one is the conversion. So that's um, if you're getting lots of people viewing your product but not buying, then there's an issue with the conversion, with getting them to convert into buyers. Um, but the other thing is getting the page views in the first place. And so um, I, I really like talking about both of those. I've learned a lot in both of those areas, but I think as a starting point, um, the page views are what you want to be um, confident in because if you're not getting the views, you can't really work on the conversion. Um, so when we talk about page views, that's just potential buyers um, viewing your resource listing on TPT. Um, so yeah, so we're trying to get more eyes on our resources. Get more eyes, especially in this um, search situation. So <laughs> that's important. All right, what are some? What do you think are some tips for getting more eyes on your resources? Mm -hmm. So you can go about getting page views in two big ways, and one is to get traffic from outside of TPT straight to your resource pages, so through social media and blogging and, and things like that. Um, my area of expertise is more on getting people who are already uh, on TPT searching on the site to land at your store and your resources. Um, so that's what I'll focus on um, today. So, yeah, we've got thousands of teachers every day on TPT. They're bringing teachers to the site. And so when they're trying to find uh, what it is they're looking for, we want to show them our resources to see if that would be a good fit for their needs. So um, there are three kind of areas that you can focus on, and I'll go through all three. Um, but just to let you know, the first is the cover, getting a cover in place that makes them want to Click on your resource when it comes up in the search is one thing to think about. Another thing yeah. is using SEO, um, mm -hmm. which is included in the description, in the words you use, so using keywords, but also in the title. And then I've kind of got like the tags and extra bits in a category as well, because how you tag your resource uh, affects whether it shows up in searches, if people are filtering using those tags, um, then you know your resource might not come up if it hasn't got those tags. And also little things like the fact that a preview exists. Um, we've been told that that is favored in the new personalized algorithm, having a preview in place. Um, I don't think a preview needs to be too complex, but no matter how long or short it is, the fact that it's there is also a factor that can determine whether your resource is showing up. Interesting. I didn't, you know, sometimes I forget about the tags. Like that is something that you said. I think, you know, a lot of us here, you know, focus on your covers, make sure you, you're use, doing SEO and you're with your title and your snippet and your first 150 words or whatever it is, or characters, or I don't even know. Um, but the tag thing, for some reason, sometimes I, I do forget about that. I mean, I definitely... Yeah, I don't think I'm as intentional as I should be. Like thinking about it, I'm like, have I really been as intentional as possible? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it seems like such a minor thing. And so I understand that. Um, but yeah, it can 
affect whether your resource is showing up. And I don't know if you spend much time searching for resources yourself on TPT, but they now have, like, right at the top of the filter section, um, a little checkbox that teachers can check that says Common Core Aligned. So if they tick that, then they're only shown, I believe, only shown resources with the Common Core tags in them. Um, there's also one for social emotional learning. So if your resource fits that, um, that's another good one to make sure you're tagging. Um, I think that might come under subject area, perhaps. So yeah, so you can see that it's a little, it is a little thing, but if someone ticks that box, then your resource might disappear from their results. So I, I definitely think it's it's worth it. So interesting. And especially when you have some states that don't want you to use common core. So you're, you're like, what, which side am I going to go on here? Obviously they're, they're, they're the majority, or not the majority, but more are, are using it than aren't. But um, yeah, I think that's interesting to it. And, and the social and emotional learning, like, oh gosh, so embarrassing. My state is, or at least my district, they're not even allowed to use things that are isn't that insane? It's insane. Yeah. I won't even get started on it because it makes me so angry. There's so many things that I, I'm like, I don't know what we're doing. I, I really don't know what we're doing. But I think that's interesting too. So you're so you're thinking, all right, those are two categories or two tags that I could use that could potentially be off-putting to certain buyers from certain places. So that's hard. I think that's a hard, I think that's a hard choice to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. Um, I guess, yeah, I mean, I didn't know about the social emotional learning, so that's really uh, tricky and, and surprising to me, actually. Um, I mean, with the Common Core standards, though, I I don't think you necessarily have to, like, make your resource um, kind of only able to be in line with Common Core, if that makes sense. Like I, I'm in Australia, so I'm using the Australian National Curriculum and I have resources that you can, I've kind of ta- um, yes. written, you know, the Australian tags, but on TPT it's tagged with Common Core and I've done my research to see where they cross over for, you know, certain subject areas. So, yeah, because so you can right. go about there's always going to be standards that we have no matter where we are. We're we're always going to look for the main idea. We're always going to teach kids how to add and subtract. It's certain things that you can do a crossover, but I think having it tagged in the first place is probably more beneficial than it isn't. Is what I'm guessing. I don't know. I think that would be interesting to find out and also wanting to know where your buyers are coming from. That would be something to, you know, deep dive into your data and determine where where the where the majority of my buyers even coming from because if they're coming from states like Florida and Texas then that would be something to consider I don't know I don't think I would just (laughs) I don't know I don't think I would um create well I don't know I won't say that okay so that's interesting all right so those are some things that they can do to help get the buyer to them in the first place now what about what about the preview the, you said the simpler is better. And I think that is interesting because I I am so baffled by, I feel like I cannot get a preview template that I like, that it's like, that's working. And I look back at the at my products that have a very high 
um, uh, PTP, like preview to purchase rate. And I think, and then I look at the preview and there, and some of them are old. Like I have this one product that has like, it's like two pages and it's like all the little things, whatever. It's so plain and basic. And I'm like, this has an 87%. If they, if they actually make it to the preview, they're 87% are <laughs> purchasing. That's crazy. But then at the same time, I'm like some of my more elaborate previews don't do as well. So I think it is interesting to think about simplifying. Yeah, uh, you're definitely not alone there. I hear lots of people talking about previews being a challenge. Um, and I guess I I take the perspective that our like teachers looking for our resources, they're short on time. And so they want to quickly see what's in the resource. So having a preview that is, you know, 20 pages long. It might look more impressive to us and maybe on like a more like a really high priced um, item that you need that much space to get everything in there. Um, but I I think if you think about the teachers short on time comparing products, looking to see if it has what they need, they're going to want to quickly see that and clearly see that. So that's where if it's too busy, it, it's not as clear. Um, so, yeah, I recommend just highlighting the main features um i usually say like five to ten pages for the preview as a estimate is like plenty um some some resources won't even need five if they're like a small kind of two dollar three dollar resource um but yeah just try to get the main things across not everything in the preview um that's yeah that's what I do and I find that that works well and I um yeah I think if it's too complicated for you to like make it then you're probably creating more work than you need to because it will probably be too complicated for the people looking at it as well so oh that's a really good point that's all that's so true thinking about the user experience thinking about how quickly people are trying to determine if they need something or not and yeah, I definitely, that's my overthinking, overcomplicating things comes into play. So yeah. And also, I mean, paying attention to your data, if, if it, like, I haven't changed that preview, like I said, thankfully, because the numbers have been high. And, and so even though I'm like, this doesn't look the way I want it to, it's working. So I need to like, think about what is, why is it working and what is it accomplishing and it's just telling them quickly what the product is about and that's a simple product too so that doesn't really necessarily need you know a long preview and that's a good point about the price too because i think they people do expect a little more in depth the higher priced an item is yeah 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 definitely and i like what you said about using your data that's important for us to be looking at and um, for us to even know whether it's a you know page view issue or a conversion issue the data can be really helpful there so um, yeah so if you do recognize that you have a page view issue um, would you would you like me to elaborate Trina on those other yeah. points I mentioned earlier yes. I would love for you to <laughs> so um, yeah so if you do recognize you have a page view issue there are those three kind of categories I mentioned earlier and I do have a, a 
I guess, order that I use to prioritise those things. Um, and I know a lot of people start on the cover, but I like to start on the title and description, the SEO, um, because if your resource isn't showing up, then it doesn't really matter how beautiful the cover is. We need it to be showing up in the first place. So um, just a couple of quick tips for that. Remember your title um, counts for SEO keywords as well. I think um, sometimes people forget that. I know when I was new, um, I tried to be really clever and creative with my titles, um, but it needs to be what, what the teachers are searching for. So again, thinking about the user experience, if you put yourself in the shoes of the teacher, um, imagine, I like to kind of say, imagine they're only going to use three-ish words, maybe four, to do a search. Um, it's going to be simple, quick, first thing that pops into their mind, what would they be searching for? And if you think through that and the answer is word work activity, for example, then you need to have word work activity in the title. Even if you've got a really cute name for your themed word work activity, um, it's probably not worth putting it in the title. You could put it on the cover or maybe at the end of the title or in the description, but make sure you've got word work activity in there. Um, at least, you know, that as well as the name or, or that could be the title itself. Um, and then when it comes to your description, we can have a bit more fun there because we've got more space to play with. So if there's more than one way to uh, search for your type of resource, perhaps some people might call it graphic organisers and some people might call it uh, planning templates or something like that, then you can use both of those phrases throughout your description in a natural way that makes sense uh, in, you know, within your sentences and dot points um, so that you're kind of getting the algorithm to recognise that your resource suits both of those different phrases. So, yeah, so that's a quick kind of uh, overview of, of how you could go about SEO. Um, yeah. Right. Right. So the first thing you fix or first thing you focus on is title and SEO. And then what what do you where what's your step after that? So um I do the description as well, just making sure there's those keywords in there. Um at this point when we're looking at views, I guess the main uh priority is to get those keywords in so that our resource is searchable. Um, able to be found on the search um, but then yeah there are other tips you can go into for, for the conversion side of, of having a good description as well um, but then after that I would go to the tags and the extra bits so making sure your resource has a preview in place would be one of those kind of extras um, and then looking at your tags and seeing if you have tagged all the possible uh, yeah, curriculum standards, making sure you're um, doing that social-emotional learning if, if that fits um, and the right year levels and, and things like that um, so that if people are filtering their search, then your resource doesn't disappear when they click that little box. So, you know, a third-grade teacher is pretty likely to be 
filtering um, their resources to just see the third grade resources. Um, it's really easy for them. They just tick a little box. Um, so on our end, we need to make sure we're not missing the opportunity for our resource to be found if it is a third grade resource. That would be the next yeah. kind of step. Okay, that totally then, makes sense. Yeah, and then um, the third point would be the cover. So that would be the last thing I look at for pages. And I, the two things that I like to focus on are having a bold, clear title and then the visual side. Um, you want to have a uh, eye-catching, I suppose, appealing graphic um, visual on, on your cover. Um, but just kind of to go into that a bit more, that doesn't necessarily mean um, having the brightest colour or having um, something that pops. Yes, that's helpful, but you also want it to be relevant to the resource. So, for example, if, if you know a teacher is going to be searching for uh, resources that help their students tell the time, um, if you put yourself into their position and think, okay, they're looking for time resources, what could I put on my cover that would make them go, oh, yeah, that's what I'm looking for? Maybe a clock um, image or a photo. Um, or if they're looking for a resource on 3D shapes, um, what could you put on the cover? Yes, it could be nice to have bright colours, um, but it could be better or nice to have, as well as that, um, some 3D shapes um, on the cover so that it kind of just catches their attention. When they're in that headspace looking for shape resources, you want to have something relevant to shapes that makes them go, yep, that's what I'm looking for. And same with the title, um, you, um, we can't assume that people are going to be doing like a slow scroll and reading through the title text when they're searching. It's likely that they, they're probably just kind of flicking through and looking at the covers. So having a bold, clear title on your cover, again, helps them see um, that your resource suits what they're looking for. So if they've just typed into the search 3D shape booklet, they see a nice big bold um, letters on your cover 3D shape booklet. Again, it makes them go, ah, that's what I'm looking for. So those are the two main things I would recommend there. Yeah, no, that's great. It's such, there's such good reminders that sometimes we take for granted and we don't, and we kind of think, oh, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. But when you lay it out so in like such a, I don't know, not, not simple, but clear explanation, it's, it's makes it me go, hmm, are there things that I've missed? I've maybe I've taken that for granted. Definitely. I agree about the bold, the bold words and, and an eye catching cover. And sometimes I get um, like lost in what people say is the, you know, it's the new thing to do this, or it's a, don't do this, you know? And, and I'm like, well, I thought this looked better when I had a giant clock, clip, clip art clock. I'm like, why do I have to have a picture of the product from inside or whatever? But I think one way, and I just found this in some notes the other day, one way to test which one is better or actually is more appealing to your audience and not necessarily to, to each other, to, you know, <laughs> to teacher authors, but to, to teachers that are in the classroom using it is to create like a, 
you know, a pen, two different pens and see which one does performs better. And, you know, maybe you put a little bit of money behind it. Maybe you don't, but um, that gives you at least an idea of which, which is more appealing. I thought that was, I think Jared told me that. I thought that was really smart. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I like yeah. That. And it's, yeah, it's easy um to be kind of get carried away with the with the graphic design and, and being creative with the covers. I, I understand that um yeah these are simple things and and we can all forget that when we're kind of trying out a new design and, and trying to fit all the things in. So yeah, so it's good to remind myself um of, of what we're actually trying to do. And you're right, sometimes um you know it might not be the most modern thing um that is the most effective so yeah and I like that you mentioned testing um we can always change our covers and, and test them and see what works so that's that's a fun side of things too yeah that's funny that you say that because it, it it feels I guess maybe it feels fun to some people to me I'm like I hate fixing and fixing and fixing it. And, but you're so right because the key is we're testing it. We don't we're, We can't simply say that's checked off my list, which is my personality. I'm like, it's checked off. It's done. I don't want to look at it anymore. And, um, and that's a problem because sometimes I've made it worse. I've made the situation worse. And so I need to, I need to change it again. And, and I have a hard time with that. I, I really, I don't know if it's the ADD in, in me or what it is, but like once I'm finished, I want to be finished. And I used to struggle with this, making the product and then, and then doing all the rest of the stuff, like listing it and tagging it and the title and all that stuff, and then making the preview. And then I had to do a pen. I had to do a blog post, whatever. It felt like, no, I just want to be finished with the product. And so, <laughs> so people like me have to remember that it is important to test it and retest it and so on until we do find, you know, the way we, the way we want it to be, the success that we want from it. Yeah. I, yeah. It can get, um, I guess, tiring when you have to keep going over and over it. So, um, yeah, so it's good to find what works for you as far as, you know, taking a break from that sort of updating when, when you need to. Um, but yeah, testing is is really helpful um, with covers and, and also um, titles as well. I like to test titles to see what works. I, um, I actually, like, like I said, I used to do um, titles just without thinking. And, and one example I have is um, I had this resource. I have this resource, part of a product line, and it was the first one I did. And it's like um, where people have, like the students have a recipe and they need to do math equations and things to, you know, double the recipe and, and work out different math things. Um, and I thought that was so creative. And I used a recipe for um, Rocky Road. Do you, I don't uh, think, do you have that in the US? Rocky yes? Road ice cream? Okay. Yes. Uh, just Rocky Road, like the like the candy. Like, oh, oh no. Uh-uh. Okay. <laughs> So um, it's just like, you know, a slab of chocolate with like marshmallows and nuts and lollies kind of. Okay. We do have an ice cream. Like um, that. So that, yeah. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> it's so anyway, so you can tell I didn't do my research for the product itself, but um, because most of my buyers are from the US, but I called this resource um, like Rocky Road 
recipe activity or, or something like that and posted it on TPT. Very like, cute. Great, yep, creative. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, no one's going to be searching for Rocky Road recipes on TPT. So um, I've had to change that one. And I actually, once I did my first change, um, I think I made, I called it Cooking with Maths and then like addition, subtraction kind of next to it, which is not the best title, but better. Um, it started selling. And that's one of the first resources that made me realize, um, okay, the title matters. And, and since then, yeah, I've kept playing with titles when I see that there's a issue with my page views. So yeah, so I can laugh about it now. I understand, you know, when you're maybe new or just not really thinking through what people are searching, it's easy to put something in place that is not yeah, really searchable. That isn't. No, you're right. That's I know that made me think of one of my like products, my fairy tale unit. It, and I it was like fairy tales, fables, and folk tales. Oh my. And I thought that was so cute. I'm like, like, you know, lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, that's what I was thinking. And then someone else had the same title. Like they copied my title. And I was so mad. I was like, how could you copy that? Like it was some original whatever. And I don't know, it was ridiculous. I was acting ridiculous. But also that wasn't, you, you know, I thought I was being cute. I wasn't thinking about you're right. So you have to really pay attention to what you have in for search because no one's going to search. Oh my. So, <laughs> so it's something to keep in, in consideration for sure. Um, what was I going to say? You just made me think of something. Oh, just went right out of my head. Titles. Oh, oh I can't remember. I forgot. I don't know. I really wanted to ask you too. And now I can't remember what it is. How do you, how do you, how do you begin your, so when you start writing a title, do you, are you researching like keywords where, how do you even start to think about like what keywords you're going to put together? That wasn't my question. And I'm hoping it comes back to me, but that is a question that I have. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess like the first thing I do is think about what three or four words a teacher might be searching and then uh, I type that into the TPT search bar because um, that's where if, if you start typing something, you get like a little drop-down box of suggestions and that's where um, you can see what the popular search terms are. Um, I also do a bit of a scroll through the resources that show up because um, not to copy titles, you know, but sometimes you can see, oh, like there's this word keeps coming up. So obviously some people call it this um, or just, yeah, like little tweaks to the wording that you might not see straight from the drop down um, kind of box that comes up. So that's a good starting point. And then once you've figured out what the popular words are based on the TPT recommendations and um, the sorts of words coming up in other titles, then I, yeah, pretty much craft my title from that. And then again, if I feel like I need to update that, I just go through the process again. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's what, that's what I do too. I just wanted to make sure I that I wasn't, you know, the only one. Um, okay, now I remember what I was going to ask. Like, do you keep track of your the titles that you had, and then you, you when you try a new one, like you're recording that, and then you're waiting to see what happens, and then you're looking at data, and then you're you go, oh no, I mean, for example, I have an end of the year camp unit. 
It's, it's one of my best sellers and I've had it for a long time. Like I, it was like in 2012, it was like one of the first products I ever made too. So it's, it's been there for a long time, but <laughs> I changed the title of it recently. And now I'm part of the beta search on TPT and it, I looked just this past week and it was like down 29.3, whatever. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So thankfully I had recorded in my spreadsheet of all the changes that I make, I had recorded what the title was previously. So at least I could go back to that title and then <laughs> start again. But it was, I'm like, oh my gosh. So we, that's another thing where you think you're doing something beneficial. However, it hurt me, or at least according to that search tool, if I can trust that it's accurate, um, which who knows. So um, it, according to that, I did the wrong thing. So I think that's, it's again, important to not just think, okay, I'm finished. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh. Yeah. And that's tricky. Um, I, to answer your question about recording things, I, I have like an Airtable spreadsheet where I keep records of when I last updated things and, and take notes and things like that. To be honest, I don't really record um, the old titles after I change them. I usually just work off my memory and have, um, I, I guess I usually have like the title, at least the main words from the title on my covers anyway. So I'd have old versions of the covers if I got really stuck. But um, yeah, I don't really record that. I do usually remember what I had but I think it depends how you go about it because, um, like, I don't go through and, like, change 20 titles at once and, and then test them. Um, that's a fine strategy, absolutely. Um, I just find for me what works better is doing a complete update on one resource. So I will update, like, cover, title, product itself, um, description, like, all of it for the one resource. So usually um, if I've spent that much time on that one resource I can usually remember what it was called because I've just been in that one kind of resource for, for a while um yeah but I guess it depends if you're going through and just doing a big update on your titles then you'd probably want to have that recorded so yeah. that you can and also if you have a brain like I do I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday there's no way I'm going to remember what I what my title was <laughs> A week ago or a month ago or however long ago there's it's impossible so yeah that's interesting that's it's funny it's funny how people do things in a different way and I think you know you have to do what works for you Lauren this has been so helpful as you are so helpful as usual is there anything that you would like to add that I didn't ask or or that you that you can think of um I I'll just quickly say when it comes to doing updates, um, just for something something for people to think about is uh, I like to start with the things that aren't working. And if I've got a bestseller that is working well and I think, you know, that the cover could be updated, for example, um, personally, I don't focus my attention there, at least not at first. I guess if you've got time to do all of them, do that. Um, but I think a good starting point for anyone wanting to just try some of these things out is to look at your data and to see what resources you have that just are not getting page views and start there um, because it's more, I guess, you're more likely to see, um, you know, 
a quicker kind of response from your change then and if something's already doing well and you're just making tiny tweaks from that point on so oh my yeah. goodness that's like the opposite that's I've been doing it like the opposite way <laughs> no I think you're right though making sure you're paying attention to what the page you know what are those losing ground and page views wow yeah oh my goodness I feel like yeah you can do this for a really long time and still think and then still learn something new and still realize oh wow I didn't even think about doing it like that <laughs> yeah that's that's so great all right I have a, a, a quick lightning round if you would do you mind sure okay, okay. yeah all right <laughs> Your favorite day of the week? I think, I mean, it's pretty typical to say Saturday. Um, we are like, you know, all together as a family on Saturday, and I love that. I'd say followed closely though by Monday because I do like um, a fresh week and, and, you know, the start of, yeah, a new week as well. So Saturday uh, and Monday, uh, probably. That's, you know, it's funny that you say, I mean, it's, I love that you said Saturday because it's part of a family. And so far, I've, I don't know how many interviews I've done for this new season, like maybe 10, maybe a little more than that. Uh, almost everyone has said Monday. I think it's our personality type. Yes, I know. I feel the same way. I say Monday too. It's the fresh start. It's a new week. You're ready to go. And I, I think that's, and people have said, not if I were in the classroom, I wouldn't say Monday. And I'm like, oh, you're me either. You're right. So I think that's funny. All right. Um, on a scale from one to 10, how good of a driver are you? Uh, I'd say eight. Um, I'm pretty good. I'm very careful though, so I'm more on the side of maybe being too slow and, and perhaps I could annoy people on the road <laughs> being too careful. Um, yeah. No, that's funny. That's great. Um, if you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? Hmm. Uh, oh, I'm taking too long to answer that. Maybe like the 50s or 60s. Um, yeah. I know that, you know, women didn't have a lot of opportunities then, but um, I suppose... Yeah, as far as like just the, the way the world was and, um, you know, the fashion and the things like the that. Um, yeah. yeah kind of That's what I was thinking fun. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for a visit, maybe not, not for good. But <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. There's good and bad about it all, I suppose. All right, just two more. Do you snore? I don't think so. No. <laughs> And then the last one, well, who was your first celebrity crush? Uh, I don't know if I have an answer to this one, to be honest. I'm pretty bad with, like, I don't really follow, like, I don't really, yeah, follow. No, that's so. okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Lauren, thank you so much for coming back and for giving us such great information. And I really appreciate you. Thank you, Trina, and I hope it was helpful for everyone today.
And of course, Lauren is so, it's so delightful to hear from her. So thank you for sticking around. If you're going, oh my goodness, this is so much information. What in the world do I do? Let me tell you, you want to start with YDP. So if you want to check that out and you want to do it with me, Trina Debery, then you're going to go YDP and Debery. And that's at trinadeberryteachingandlearning.com forward slash YDP. It just opened today, yippee, and it will be open for a little bit of time and then it will close again. So don't miss your window. And remember, teacherpreneurs, I am proud to stand among you. And if you're feeling it, I'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing. You can also catch me on Facebook at teacherpreneurs, raise your hand, or on my website, Trina Debery, teaching and learning, teacherpreneurs, raise your hand. I'll catch you next time. Bye for now.